Welcome back to Crawl Space. I'm Tim here today with Lance in the Crawl Space Wormtown Studios. What is up, Lance? Not too much. How are you today? It's good to be here, I gotta say. First of all, nestle in Wormtown in the Crawl Space black box. It is great to be here, and uh, I am doing well, and I'm doing really great because we have our buddy, Justin Evans, on the line. Justin Evans from Generation Y, but we are talking to him about his latest episode of The Peripheral. Welcome to Crawl Space, Justin Evans. Yay. How's it going? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing great, yeah. Doing excellent, and uh, I like the enthusiasm there with the with the yay. Thank you. That's <laughs> it's usually that's usually my line. Tim goes, "How's it going, Lance?" And I say, "Yay!" <laughs> and I say, "Any more, Lance? <laughs> you want to be a star, don't you?" <laughs> yeah. You just dropped a, a really great episode of one of your podcasts, uh, the one called The Peripheral. And, of course, uh, many of our listeners will know you from your other podcast known as The Generation Y with your buddy Aaron, which is one of my favorite podcasts. The Generation Y is just this little one I do, you know. Um. <laughs> it's a tiny thing. Yeah, I was not expecting the uh, the response that my last episode had. And, um, and you guys even come on and do a little cameo on it, too, which is nice. So, Yeah, we want to thank you for allowing us to do that. It is therapeutic when you get the opportunity to talk like that, uh, you know, as candidly like that. But you just said that you weren't expecting the, re the response that you got. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? It's only been a day. My peripheral podcast, for anyone that doesn't know, I'm usually just interviewing people about stories and doing just topics that are that I find important and should be told over the years of podcasting I have endured a lot of online harassment and crap and uh I don't like trolling I don't like cyberbullying so I just decided to do a podcast about uh the harassment and crap that podcasters get I I literally, maybe I'm just jaded at this point, but I expected people to just roll their eyes at this episode. Really? I expect, yeah, I expected people to be like, oh, here's some podcasters complaining about online, you know, reviews or something again. That, that was literally what I expected. Right. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, rightfully so with the, with Generation Y and the peripheral, you do take stances on certain things and you you do have you know you're sort of inundated with emails and uh reviews that i'm sure aren't entirely positive so then when you release a podcast focusing on the people behind those reviews and and the re you know the effect that that has on the podcasters themselves i could see where you'd be a little nervous thinking that some some people out there are rolling their eyes and so I, I interviewed you guys or you guys sent me a, an audio clip and multiple other podcasters and they run the gamut of somebody getting a, a really negative one star review on iTunes to doxing and stalking. <laughs> and uh, it hit a couple chords with people. Uh, I, I figured it might hit a few chords with fellow hosts of podcasts, but a lot of the listeners have been very receptive also, which is nice because 
I, I don't ever know the reaction I'm going to get when I, when I do something. So I won't say it's gone viral because I think somebody going viral is, you know, millions of retweets and whatnot. But ever since I released this episode, my, my Twitter notifications has been 40, 60 notifications that I just can't keep up with. I've been getting DMs and IMs from people, and I guess it's being talked about across several Facebook forms and whatnot. Nice. <laughs> and I wasn't I wasn't expecting that kind of a reaction, uh, but I sometimes forget that people are listening, and they definitely respect my opinion and voice, I guess. so. Yeah, and and the thing about the listeners, most of the listeners are awesome people, and they would yeah. never send emails or, or tweets or anything like what the episode was about. So I think that they can naturally rally behind us and, you know, people that they listen to and things, and, and things like that um, and not just consider it complaining or something like that. Like actually understanding what uh, this job entails is kind of eye-opening, I think. I think it must have been kind of eye-opening to uh, a lot of the listeners. And, you know, a, a lot of people, like, I know we don't spend time talking about this stuff on our podcast generally. Maybe we brush a pa- brush past it, sort of, or, or right by it occasionally um, because we find it interesting, but we don't want to take up people's time too much. But in your episode, which was completely focused on it, um, was really eye-opening to focus on that specifically and to hear all these... Uh, different accounts and these stories from that other podcasters have. Has anyone else just focused on that? Like, have you ever come across another podcast that just had that as the episode subject? Not that I know of. Yeah, Yeah, no. And I, after listening to this, it became so obvious that this uh, deserves more conversation. You, you just said you had plenty of um, notifications on your Twitter and there were some, some threads that were going on uh, different forums on Facebook and it, you know, it might not all be positive towards the episode. It, you know, maybe it's like 90% positive, but it deserves more conversation because it, it, it is a doorway into a, a different uh, world. You know, it's not about podcasters in the true crime genre, it's about the people that are are, are putting these uh, reviews out there and sending these emails and sending these uh, the these Facebook messages. These you know, there's so many references the 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 women podcasters and uh, and Maggie Freeling was on there and they're talking about dick pics and I mean this is crazy. So it opens up the door to a much larger issue, I think. Oh, I mean, it, it's not, I mean, obviously we're all podcasters, so that's the angle I took, but right. you could apply it, you could apply it to anyone doing anything online or in a public space, really. And the good thing about what we do is that we can hear your episode and Tim and I can talk internally and say, what a great idea for an episode. No one's done this. And then we can talk to you <laughs> and we can talk about <laughs> your episode and then we can keep the conversation going because it's, yeah. it's, it's a horrible thing that that goes on out there in the in the in the world of social media it's so untalked about too it's like this dark secret or unspoken thing that online harassment happens and i don't get it (laughs) it's because that most people who deal with it i think have trained themselves to ignore it and move past it just really just not either just not like look at their mentions or just block and move on so that's why you know no one really wants to give it the attention um, so I, I think thank you very much for giving it the attention it deserves because it is a really fascinating topic. Well, and I think you just hit on something. It's It's been normalized. 
Right. For whatever reason, it's been normalized. Yeah. What the hell? Like, why is saying the most vitriol, hateful shit online normal? Yeah, because, you know, you put yourself out there, you get what you deserve. Right. Right. Yeah. You guys chose to do it. So one of the one of the lowlights from... Which is a joke, obviously. Which is a joke, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the things that don't play on podcasting <laughs> is smiling at one another. Yeah. Yeah. Sarcasm. Um, one of the lowlights from the stories that you had on the this episode was uh, Devin from Thinking Sideways literally being reduced down to a hole. Like she yeah. was, she's not, she's, she's, she's associated with the a female genitalia and not even in like in, in one of the worst ways, not even like that's how she's, that's how, that's how she was addressed. I saved hers for last because I felt hers was kind of the, the, the pivotal moment where if somebody hadn't understood up until that point, hers was sort of that punch in the gut of, yeah, this isn't just us being overly emotional or thin skinned to this. You know, she talks about somebody taking a picture of her parents' house and being referred to as a whole. Yeah. The picture of her parents' house was crazy. Yeah. That's why I asked you guys to tell about your uh, your Lincoln trip when you guys were being kind of stalked. I mean, I felt that was crazy on the same level, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I guess not that, quite as personal, not quite as personal. Yeah. Right. Because we were approached by somebody from uh, apparently from the area. But anyway, it seemed very case centric, whereas Devin's parents house, a picture, of, not even like a picture from Google Earth, but a picture of the house itself was sent to her and was posted. And she said it in, in the clip that uh, that they could have easily just found her house and sent it. But that's not threatening enough. It's more. Yeah. Th- and. And people will say all the time, "Oh, you're just overreacting." But well, how else are you supposed to act? Yeah. All all you're all you're doing is is you found a niche that you're very good at, and you compose a story and you talk into a microphone and people listen. And for the most part, you know, ninety five percent of them enjoy what you do. And then you have this, you know, maybe three percent that doesn't like it. And then you have this like higher, like lower percentage, two percent that's that's goes in a near psychotic way it's less it's much less i think it's like 0.5 percent that don't like it i would say Um, yeah i think but they're the most vocal sometimes they are yeah yeah (laughs) so i think opening the door to this so i feel like you're gonna have to do a few uh follow-up episodes because you get into the psychology of it you know (laughs) you 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 post a picture of somebody's parents house that's a think about the effort that that takes yeah and i I will say that I felt that this episode merely scratched the surface. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I've talked to many podcasters that have been doxxed, have been, uh, you know, threatened. Again, we're just normal people. Uh, and I didn't even want to separate indie podcasters from, you know, say an NPR podcast because you shouldn't be mean to anyone. You shouldn't be a dick. And I would even go on record to say that I actually kind of feel bad for like Justin Bieber or Kim Kardashian because of the shit they receive online all the time. (laughs) Uh, They're people too. Now they have enough money that they can, you know, wipe away their tears with million dollar bills, but, (laughs) (laughs) but we're all people. And when it comes to indie podcasters, I mean, 
I live in a hundred thousand dollar house in Kansas City and I drive an Elantra. I'm not <laughs> I'm not a celebrity. Why don't you Wait. flaunt it, dude? Yeah. What, what, what do you mean a stretch? Sorry. A, a stretch limo Elantra? <laughs> you know, I wasn't the most popular kid in high school. <laughs> I, I do not uh, believe that. It's a lies. You, you we were homecoming king. We didn't have you on to, to just spew lies. <laughs> you were the starting quarterback and homecoming king. I know it. Yeah. Uh, if you listen to my story on the peripheral, you know that wasn't the case. So, <laughs> um, you know, I there's there's so many things that went unsaid in that episode, like just the pressure of people treating you like a celebrity or hanging on your every word and that passion for you. And then if you say the wrong thing one time. Man, that passion can turn yeah. real quick. Yeah. Um you you mentioned something in uh, early in the episode that I that I that really resonated with me. You said that you get anxiety before you press publish on every single episode. Um <laughs> which which is something that we've experienced uh with with our podcast. Not so much crawl space, but with missing Maura Murray uh for sure. Every time we press publish, it's uh <laughs> it takes a little while to do it to be honest. And yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's, a you know, we know the reaction is going to involve, uh, it, it's going to run the gambit. It's going to be, it's going to cover the spectrum. Um, so yeah, sometimes it takes an extra few minutes to push the button. Yeah. I, you know, funny enough, I've released some peripheral episodes and I don't even know how it happened where the first 30 seconds of the episode was silence and, I've never received a hateful email about total screw ups like that. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> but it's something I say off the cuff or without thought or something one of my guests says that will trigger the the hate, the email, the whatever. You know, I've I've released some major flawed episodes, but I've never received an angry email about it. It's always just something that I didn't even realize would trigger somebody or set somebody off. And it's weird. And that's between Gen Y and the peripheral. You know, Aaron and I, we always anticipate what does this, how is this going to sound to somebody else? Are we saying it in the best way possible? And you always have, you're always second guessing yourself right when you're hitting that publish button. Like, what am I about to release into the world? And what kind of backlash am I going to receive for it? Yeah, it's sort of like every time you hit publish, you take off an article of clothing. Like <laughs> there's just a little bit more of you that people are going to see, and it's just a little bit more that can be criticized. I there's there's this weird analogy that I heard a, a fighter. I watched the UFC and MMA, and one fighter won like the biggest fight of his career. And you know Joe Rogan or whoever it was said, "How happy were you when when you won?" And the fighter's response was, I was relieved that I didn't lose. And it just shows how much we focus on the negative over the positive. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, speaking of the negative, you mentioned you were in a dark place when you were producing this episode. Do you care to share a little bit about that? Uh, I mean, I'll, let me expand on that because uh, there's way more to that story. Um, I've only shut down the peripheral twice. Uh, one time... The first time it was over just a bunch of negative feedback I got all in a row and uh, 
funny enough, it was when we were at CrimeCon in Nashville. No way. Yeah. Uh, I, every day I was receiving one to two really critical emails telling me what a horrible person I was for doing what I do. Did you feel like a horrible person at that time? It doesn't really matter how I felt at that point. Well, <laughs> it just was, yeah. it was just like, what am I doing this? Why am I even bothering? Right. But it does. What's the point? Right. But those negative comments, they make, they do make you like think about it yourself. Yeah. And, and as I said on my episode, I just start believing everything that people send me. Well, whoever, whoever sent that to you during, uh, CrimeCon Nashville obviously had no idea that you had single-handedly saved Crawl Space, the show. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I um, want to bring that back up. So thank you yeah. for that. I hope that made you feel a little better. Yes, and, and it does. I mean, helping other people is, uh, brings me much joy. Um, and the other time was literally when I got into it with this idiot on Twitter who was telling me my brother made the right decision. I was like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Like, the, at that point, it's not even that I felt like a bad person. It was the world doesn't even deserve my kindness. <laughs> I'm, I'm out. Yesterday, I listened to the episode in my car, and when it was over, uh, I put it back on the regular radio, and they were doing a a piece about uh, sending in bacteria in someone's body to kill other bacteria. And there's a type of bacteria that's like a vampire bacteria that will go in and it'll suck out it'll it'll go inside the other bacteria and suck out the bad you know the the bad part of it that's that's hurting you and it was so it was just fortuitous that i finished listening to this episode and then there is like this obvious analogy to just being sucked by something there's these vampires yeah. out there that you put this this thing out there and it's it's got a you just said you you sometimes don't feel like people deserve your kindness and people just come in and they suck that kindness out and they'll they'll go right into like the thing that matters the most to you because why yeah. why pull any punches if you're a dick yeah. behind a computer screen yeah just go for the jugular because why not you know it's not like they're standing in front of me yeah it's yeah. not it's not like you know it's not like i get to reply to them in person yeah anonymity has a wild effect on people i wonder if they feel the same way when they hit send on their message as we do when we hit publish? Well, no, they feel good. They it's, feel good. It's an energy yeah. transferal. So they send you their negative energy so you take it, and they actually feel better. Right. Yeah. And and are we supposed to be frustrated because we know that they now move on to the next person and we're probably not even in their thought until they get the reply from us? Yeah. And, and I'm glad that you actually said they feel good about it because right. I hear a lot of the time that these people are miserable living in their parents' basement and they hate their lives. And I shake my head and say, no, no. A lot of these people are just regular, normal people and they feel fine about themselves. They just get off on doing this. It's a rush, some kind of uh, adrenaline rush for them. I get some people don't aren't happy and they get off on doing this because it makes them feel good. But I truly don't believe that all of them are miserable people. I, I think it's people like me and you. And that's the problem is it's being normalized. And I want people to check their behavior, whether it be writing a review on Amazon or writing a review on iTunes. Just, wow. Would you be proud of that if it was read in front of your family? Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I had that thought. Like maybe these boys out there that will send comments to 
to Devin or dick pics to Maggie. I wonder if these boys out there will will first write that comment and maybe send it to their mom or their sister or their wife and and run it by them and just say, as a female, would you appreciate this constructive criticism? It being a picture of my penis, you whole. Like, do you like run that by them and see if that's something that will, you know, they'll maybe give you some. They'll feedback. be real proud of. Yeah, they'll be <laughs> maybe give you an allowance. Right. Just blows my mind. You want uh, to know something I wasn't proud of and my reaction to the guy on Twitter? Sure. Oh, please. Uh, first, I took screenshots of it and I reposted them. And of course, my listeners went after him. Yeah. That didn't make me happy. It did not bring me a single bit of joy knowing that other people were attacking him. But at the same time, I felt so crappy about it that I wanted him to hurt also. And what we do is we do research. We track things down. So I tracked him down. I tracked down his wife on Facebook, and I sent her all the screenshots also. There you go. Wow. I'm not proud of it. Did that feel like the the sort of anger void that you had after he first contacted you i felt nothing uh you know maybe that sounds kind of sociopathic but i I didn't it didn't do anything for me and so i will never do it again because i don't think i accomplished anything by bringing anger or sadness into his life or showing his wife or family what a despicable person he was because personally if they don't understand what a despicable person he is, then they deserve him. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. I think that that's a lesson that you have to learn that way. And I think you're a yeah. better person because of it. If you didn't do something like that, then who knows how much you know, pent up anger you would have up to this point. Like it's sort of a vent. It's sort of like a venting. It's sort of like a, like a yeah. it's therapeutic. therapeutic. Did his wife respond? She was all apologies. Oh, interesting. She was, she was disgusted by it. Well, that's nice wow. anyway. Oh. I guess. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, oh. Yeah, I mean, we've been reduced to, to certain things sometimes that we're not entirely proud of, and you have to take a step back and say, well, maybe I should have just written that email and sent it to myself, you know, yeah. and opened it up a day later just to get a fresh fresh eyes on it. Yeah, I, I write up emails and re, re, replies to these people all the time, and I never send them. That's good therapy too. It really yeah. is. You should if if anyone could look at the like the drafts <laughs> folder of my emails, they'd probably they'd probably lock me up. We should start an inbox, like just a separate email address, <laughs> and just forward all these messages to and and re- replies as well. And uh, hey, who knows? Maybe it'll be another its own podcast someday. And and that's something that. You know, people probably look at me or you guys and think, oh, they're such nice guys or whatever. But if they actually read some of those messages in my draft folder, (laughs) (laughs) they might not think I was such a nice person. That's why you are such a nice person, because you get it out of your system that way. Yeah. And I don't hit send. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know a lot of other podcasters do hit send on that. (laughs) Yeah. And by replying, you the problem is that even now. I mean, we're all pretty seasoned with the uh, with the negative emails and comments, but there is still a part of you that thinks you can win. You think you can <laughs> win the argument if you write back, and that's yeah. that is the furthest thing from the truth. Well, yeah. Well, a lot of times, like the critical emails that aren't considered like the mean trolling ones that we're kind of talking about, the critical ones will get you upset because some of them are true. 
or there's some truth in there or it's like, well, you know, I think maybe this person's right. Maybe maybe I'm do- not doing this as well as I should be doing it, this one thing or something like that. So there, there is a, a big difference between just constructive criticism and being a, an asshole. And, and that's where after a while I can't tell the difference any, anymore. I'm, I'm having problems seeing a difference between something constructive and something just horrible. It's always about the tone. Mm-hmm. And when somebody's tone is good, they could probably say some of the most mean stuff to me. But if they're like, hey, I love your show. I had an issue with this thing. And they are, you know, uh, articulate in saying what the issue was. I'm OK with that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's it just gets to a point where, you know, like yeah, I mispronounce a word. I might get 24 emails saying, hey, man, I just wanted to give you a heads up. It's pronounced this way. That's fine. Whatever. I don't I don't care. But it's that 25th one that's like, hey, dumbass, it's pronounced like this. Yeah. <laughs> and most of the world would still look at that, hey, dumbass, it's pronounced like this and think it was constructive. And you go, <laughs> it's dumb ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. This is Charlie from Insight and Impact Statement, and I got a review for Insight a while back. I had gone on maternity leave because I had had my sixth baby, and we got a review that said something like, I have too many children and I should use birth control. And I have to say, one, yes, I absolutely have too many children. As someone with six children, I can attest to six children being too many, you don't need to tell me that on iTunes. While this review, I have to say, really didn't bother me because it seemed so absurd, it did make me wonder what my reproductive choices have to do with my true crime podcast and why someone felt that what I do with my uterus was up for discussion because I talk into a microphone. But I find that a lot of women's choices and voices and mannerisms and behaviors are up for policing. And I see this in YouTube comments for other women creators. I see this on Facebook all the time. I see people say, oh, yeah, I like that podcast, but I'm not really into women's voices, so I want something else. I enjoyed hearing from Charlie from Insight, who uh, mentioned that she got a comment about some birth control advice, which obviously has no place in, uh, it's not even a critique of your show, it's it's a critique of, of how she lives her life. That's absolutely bonkers to me. Yeah, like, what what was the point of that? Um, and, and Marissa's, what she read when, you know, people are questioning the victims or the missing people that she covers and saying, these people aren't worth it. Why are you spending time on them? Mm. Awful. <laughs> and I'm like, well, why don't you make your own podcast and do the, the rich soccer mom that goes missing and just make it all about them because they're the only people of value. Apparently <laughs> just... Rosie has not heard these comments yet. Cause <laughs> I usually manage the social media. So 
This is going to be her genuine... Pure. Pure reaction to hurt and pain. This is from our episode 6, Terrell Peterson. Someone commented, The title of this is Deceiving. I wanted to hear more about thus... They meant to say this, I think, but they said thus... I wanted to hear more about Thus Case, not the two idiots on this video. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but in our defense, our, our title is not confusing. Yeah, the title is... Well, first let me finish the comment. Okay. It said, not the two idiots on this video. <laughs> I thought I was going to hear actual recordings from the little boy while interviewing him. Why? And the mom, etc., etc. And the title is Terrell and Farina Peterson. Failure of child services leads to dead child, which is basically just a summary of the story. And I don't understand where they got the idea that there would be recordings from his CPS sessions. I don't even know where we would find that. And um, then someone else commented after that. The laughing in the beginning of this video greatly diminishes the severity and seriousness of what happened to this beautiful child and should have been omitted. How insensitive. about how well, you, how sad we were. It was just our nervous he, reaction. They were talking about how how uh, Ryan goes through all of the social media and clears out the inboxes, and Rosie had never had never heard these. So you got a genuine reaction, and you could hear it in her voice where she just was sort of confused and and defending it right away. I mean, on, in that clip, she's defending it right away because they, the person misunderstood or misinterpreted what they were about to talk about and expected something else. And when they came with this, you know, what it was, the person had written and said, well, I expected this. And, and she was like, well, we never said that. We never said that that's what it was going to be. And it was interesting to hear the actual reaction because that's what, yeah. that's what we all do when you get that email and you go, well, that's not what it was. And were you, were you listening to the same thing? And you got it in your head it was going to be this, and it's our fault that it wasn't what you thought it was going to be before you listened. It's just very yeah. – it was really interesting. It was a good way to start it all. It was interesting to hear what her reaction was because that is essentially the the, the genuine initial reaction. Yeah, it, it's it's like actors reading mean tweets live. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. So you, you you see that punch in the gut literally as it's happening and you see this train of logic of why did they say that about me why do they think i'm a bad person why did they not understand what i meant and it was my effort of saying when the words leave my mouth i no longer own them (laughs) and they can be twisted and distorted in any way Mm -hmm. do you know it's all in the eye of the beholder or the ear of the beholder to interpret what I say because I don't have any control over my words once they've left my mouth. And in, in her aspect, she was like, that's not what we meant. That's not what we said. And I'm like, yeah, uh, you don't, you, you don't get to control your words anymore because it's now in the public space and they can twist and distort and put words into your mouth all they want. And, you know, we see that on the media and the news every day, but you know, yeah. it's, it's the truth. And that's something that, people like me and you are not used to politicians maybe, but not us. Yeah. I, I love that. She gave a honest reaction right there on the spot. And I, I felt that every single submission I got, you guys, each one of you covered some different aspect, you know, mm-hmm. and I like that. 
<laughs> How do you handle people criticizing any humor that you put into an episode or just laughter? Right. I've uh, pretty much edited out most of my laughter on the Generation Y. Yeah. Yeah, we we pretty much do the same uh, over here, even though uh, sometimes we'd like to leave some more lighter moments, but uh, they're really not welcome on, uh, especially not on Missing Maura Murray. On Crawl Space, I think it's a little looser, but um, and, and we, we get a little more slack probably for that, but uh, on Missing Maura Murray, God forbid we uh, laugh or make a joke, um, we, yeah. we will get emails about it. Yeah, and it's yeah, a really I, bizarre one. Like, no one who does a true crime podcast can laugh during an episode? Yeah, it's so ridiculous that... I mean, and, and people are like, oh, well, you're laughing at the victims. You're laughing at this tragedy. And even if I'm laughing when a prosecutor or defense attorney has said something just totally outlandish and I'm giggling at that or laughing incredulously at the audacity of their statement, it doesn't matter. It's immediately pinned back to this is a true crime podcast and you're talking about murder and you're not allowed to laugh. Yet my favorite murder or last podcast on the left or one of those are the biggest podcasts out there <laughs> and it's all about the humor and the comedy, right? You know, it's, right. it's weird. Yeah. I'm sure they get their, their share of, uh, abuseful emails like that too, but then maybe they don't get to them. Like, uh, we get to ours. I like the way you ended the show with, uh, with Aaron. Yeah. I, I struggled with how to end the episode, and when Aaron offered to record something for me, I was like, "Do it," because <laughs> I knew he would he would be a, a a light at the end of the tunnel. Whereas I'm not so uh, <laughs> light myself. I will say that I did record my final sentence that I say several times because my original way of ending it was, "I'm making this podcast for me, not you," and I'm like, that kind of comes off harsh, and so. <laughs> I recorded it. I re-recorded it too. Here's some advice I have for other podcasters: do it for you and not for others. And I felt that the tone—it's all about tone, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and something that none of us can really relate to is the sexism that uh, that some of these female podcasters receive. Um, and Maggie Freeling being one of them. Lance, you have a bunch of tattoos. Have you? Have we ever gotten an email that uh, says "nice tattoo, num nuts"? No. Zero, no. zero. Just uh, from me. I've said that to you. You've said that to my face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> once. You said that once. <laughs> Only once. And then I sent you a dick pic. And you're like, I'll never say <laughs> oh that Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> uh, here they come. But no, um, I actually thought that, too, when I heard Maggie talking about that. And when uh, even before the episode, when we knew that people were saying those things to Maggie, uh, no, no one's ever said that to me. Uh, most people comment on them and ask about them. Right. Which weird, right? You oh. don't get called a stupid tattooed bitch. Nope, that's never happened. Huh. Uh, probably will now, but <laughs> now it's never happened. So yeah, that that doesn't say too much about who reaches out. Yeah, yeah, it, it it's a clear difference, I think. And I, Justin, yep. I think your episode laid that out cl very clearly. Uh, it's, it's a big difference that uh, females receive much more harsh emails and criticism than males do, and it, and it's not about what they say a lot of times. It's about how they look. Or how they sound. It's it's so weird what a misogynistic world we still live in. Yeah. And, and people might not even realize, oh, well, I'm just, look at her, look at her tattoos. But it's like, you, you wouldn't say that to a man. Like, you guys haven't been told that you have too many kids. You haven't been told you have any too many tattoos or that you say like too much. 
That's yeah. It's very true. It's very true. And uh, we haven't been told that we're not qualified for a position that we never said that we were, like law yeah. enforcement. You know, we've. I mean, with the with the rare exception, but you know, it's never been to the point where we even thought to mention it when you asked us to to do this. So yeah. 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 Aaron and I were actually accused of that when we first started the Gen Y. But, you know, back in 2012, true crime podcasts weren't really a thing yet. And yeah. uh, so when they saw us talking about cases, they were like, you guys are in IT or you work in a warehouse. Like, what what do you know about investigations? Uh, so we were a little we got a little bit of that in the very beginning. Right. But that was what? six, eight years ago. <laughs> and it takes a while to get used to getting criticism. You know, like I feel like it took us a year or two to kind of just like feel hardened where we're not going to get really emotionally upset about it. But my, my question is, does ignoring these comments do something to us? Does like, like seeing them, reading them and then ignoring them, if that's what we choose to do, does that do something to our psyche? Ah, that's a good question. I have not uh, really acknowledged that or thought about it. Uh, I think that responding to it, it never works out well. Uh, you know, it always makes you look like the asshole or people see you lashing out. Right. Um, and but what does it do to somebody to just keep enduring this? And uh, I mean, I think it. I think with me, at least, you know, it's it's killed my confidence. You know, everyone thinks that I'm this big time, awesome podcaster and looks up to me. Yet I'm hesitant to hit that publish button because I don't know if what I'm doing. I question what I'm doing now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's impactful. I think just writing that response and keeping it in your draft folder might be helpful. At least it gets it out there out of your system uh, on some level. But yeah, to to have something constantly be like ab abusive towards you, and you just put it aside and say, "Well, out of sight, out of mind." Right? Is it yeah. really out of mind? Yeah, and and I I saw even some comments from people that were being supportive of the episode, but their their comments are, "Well, everyone's assholes," you know, just roll with the punches, just move on. Yeah, would you tell that to somebody who's being like verbally abused by their dad? Oh, just roll with it and move on. It's like you're being told every day that you're a horrible person. I just move on, really? <laughs> it's, it's not that easy. And I think that's what a lot of people say because they don't know what it's like. They just can't relate. So they've never been called a jerk or uh, a racist or a sexist every day of their life. And they don't know what it's like. And and so it's easy for them to just say, move on or just, you know, just ignore it. What one thing I was surprised at is you had me and Lance on and then Maggie Freeling on. And she was also talking about the Maura Murray case. So your episode with these stories was like 25 percent roughly uh, about the Maura Murray case. And it, it got yeah. me thinking, is the Maura Murray case that much, you know, different than these other cases? Or is it just that uh, it's well known as one of these kind of cases? It's it's very uh, polarizing. Uh, you know, if we did 
Adnan or Stephen Avery, I think we'd might get the same reaction. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. uh, but definitely more Murray is a, uh, a trigger. And I mean, that's kind of the whole, I mean, you guys are telling the story of, of more Murray. You guys are, are investigating, but I kind of got the understanding that your guys's documentary and podcast is about the obsession with this case and not exactly about the case itself, right? That is correct. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that's a very real thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we live in this world. Um yeah, and and uh the documentary will will really explore the depths of that obsession a lot more than the podcast does. Uh the podcast has sort of shifted uh throughout the years and is kind of now more about as much information as we can dig up publicly about it, but uh yeah, so the documentary will more be about the obsession. And you can say it's the what what is the term the the missing white girl syndrome or whatever it is yep. and and whatnot, but her case is the pivotal like most widely known about case and everyone has an opinion even if they don't know shit about the case. It's just it's amazing to me. Uh, and I I follow you guys on Twitter. I see these weirdos coming out of the woodwork and I'm like, I just imagine this like old guy sitting in some cabin up in the woods that just happens to have an internet connection that feels like trolling you today. <laughs> That's, you know, <laughs> like I grew up in that area. I know it's like, okay, just because you grew up in the area, you, you know, something like, uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It doesn't instantly. It doesn't instantly make you an expert, nor does it make you in a, uh, give you any sort of uh, license to 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 reach out and and be uh, <laughs> disruptive or disrespectful. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I was on a Vanished episode where she interviewed me about a Kansas City case. Uh, I think it was missing uh, the baby Lisa that was went missing, and. All I could really give input on was this took over the city. It took over all media outlets. But did I have a single shred of information, any more information about that case? No. <laughs> Just because I lived down the street didn't mean anything. So, yeah. No local rumors? <laughs> Not really. Nah. Just everyone was sad that this baby's missing and the mom's kind of questionable, which was the whole point of the story. So I had no more information. Now, if I knew a family member, if I knew somebody that was involved, sure, I might have more information. But other than that, like I see these people come at you on Twitter and I'm just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like what's <laughs> just weird. Yeah. It, um, yeah. We just, we just ignore most of that. There's almost no reason to reply. Um, and, and I think you kind of touched on this early earlier. Uh, there's really no reason to reply to a negative comment publicly either because they just wanted to get the reaction out of you. And then they're just going to keep going if you reply. And you're just going to be sitting there all day angry and typing on your phone or on your computer when you should be doing something better. Right. Something more productive. <laughs> I, I've actually replied to a lot of emails lately and uh, I haven't lashed out at the person. I actually said... I totally agree. I'm a horrible person and I should quit tomorrow. And I send that back to him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, sometimes we reply with uh, 
Thanks for listening. Check out the Patreon page. You know, yeah. have, a, have a great. <laughs> yeah, make sure. Yeah, we appreciate your support. Please uh, consider supporting our Patreon page at patreon.com slash podcast. We like to make it like it's an auto reply. So then when they reply yeah. again, when they're like, okay, smartass, they reply we just send again. It back. We, go, we just send the same thing again. It's, it's like the, the equivalent of, you know, you're on the road and somebody's road raging on you and you just give them the happy wave. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. yeah. My yeah. my key to that is if uh if there's someone road raging on you, uh point to their tire. Point to their point to their like driver's side tire just like mouth the word your tire. Cuz then <laughs> it'll, it just they'll be like okay, that's not uh, okay, what's happening with my tire? Yeah. My friend one time said he sh- he uh wipes his uh like under his eye <laughs> like the crying symbol <laughs> if he gets into like some kind of road incident, <laughs> which would only infuriate the other driver more. <laughs> <laughs> so call to the listeners. What do you do when you see somebody in a uh, road raging incident? That's a good that's a good topic for an episode. Yeah. 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 And uh, I could give you all the uh, castle and stand your ground laws on what you should and shouldn't do. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's yeah. brilliant. That's yeah. great. Also, if you see somebody who's taken up two parking spots with their vehicle, leave a note on their car that says, uh, nice parking, a-hole. I left a booger underneath your door handle. It doesn't matter if you did or not. Every time they go to open their door, they'll think about your booger underneath their door. Handle. That's pretty great. But see, but see, I'm I'm way too logical and nice because I think, well, are they double parked because the other person was double parked mm. and that person's just left now and yeah. and they're. I think you can tell by the type of vehicle. <laughs> yes, it's a big ass pick me up truck or a BMW. It's probably intentional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. By the way, Lance, there's a booger under your door handle. God damn it. <laughs> um. So before we we started this, we were I, we were putting together sort of a an informal list because we didn't want people to think all we get and all we pay attention to are bad emails and bad reviews. We do get a ton of emails and a ton of supporters, and it really got to the point where uh, it got too long. It you know there's a list here that we can't just read off and say thank you to everybody who emails uh, positive, uh, even constructive positive criticism. So if you, if you do email us on the regular and you've connected with us, uh, including, including you over there at the peripheral, you know who you are and keep, keep it up. It it definitely helps, uh, take away from the sting of the others. Uh, and as we were talking, we just got a tweet that said, can't wait to listen. We just, uh, put out a new, uh, Maura Murray episode, uh, and it says, can't wait to listen. My day always improves when I see there's a new MM episode. And so you get yeah. you get things like that that really, you know, that that honestly will make us forget about a lot of the a lot of the garbage out there. Yeah, I've just from this episode. Oh, man, I've received probably 100 messages, tweets, DMs, whatever of just people going, I appreciate your show. Don't ever quit. Don't ever stop. I mean, and I didn't put this episode out to, you know, for, for charity to get, you know, uh, more support or anything, but I've never received like an outpour of love like this ever. And it's, it's amazing. And I mean, I've gotten, uh, probably a hundred new followers on Twitter and, and, uh, several more Patreon supporters, which, if anyone's listening, I'm working on my my extra content for Patreon. Just be patient. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's been crazy, and I 
that is the norm. You do get just a lot of love and support and, uh, and it's, it's, it saddens me that I focus so much on the negative so often when there's so much love and support out there and I'm trying to shift my perceptions. And, uh, like I said, I was in a darker place a little while ago and now I'm in a much better place. So I'm disregarding the negative, but it's taken me years to get to this point, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And there'll, there'll always be moments where it's sort of an ebb and flow to all of it, but you know, the, the better moments tend to be longer and be more meaningful than, than those uh, darker moments. So thank you for doing this episode, Justin, and giving us a peek behind the curtain of some of what uh, true crime podcasters deal with on a day-to-day basis. I think it's an important episode. Yeah. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for having me on your show. It's awesome. No problem. And keep up the good work. Don't ever quit. Same to you guys. Don't quit. <laughs> person goes missing, their loved ones often find themselves overcome with worry and grief. Bruce Maitland started the 501c3 nonprofit organization Private Investigations for the Missing because he knows this feeling all too well. When Bruce's daughter Brianna disappeared in March 2004, he was surrounded by licensed private investigators dedicated to finding her. Now his mission is to provide dedicated private investigators at no cost to other families of the missing, desperate for answers but without the financial means. Private Investigations for the Missing needs your help. To read the mission statement, make a donation, and keep up with our blog, visit us at investigationsforthemissing.org and follow us at PI for the Missing on Twitter and Facebook and Investigations for the Missing on Instagram. Because forever is too long to wait.